Chaser Report is recorded on Gadigal land. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report with Dom and Charles. Dom, what a day. Again, you've started the last few episodes with that and it's always true. It is always true. There is so much news around today. It's just like a smorgasbord that looks unappetising. Which Mm. which things shall we cram into our mouths (laughs) in the hope of sustenance first? Well, look, we, we could talk about the sort of bizarreness of what's happening in Russia. We could. Yeah, it's, it's very hard to follow. You did a, a good job a couple of days ago of trying to explain the whole thing. It sounds as though um, he's turned up in Belarus and uh, it, I don't know what's going on. It's very yeah, well, I th- it sounds like it really was just office politics. Yes. So, no, it really, like that analysis, yep. which you f- heard first on the Chase Report, Seem to have been you stand by incredibly prescient. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well done. Well and done. and the other reporting that uh, I think we can all say was world class mm. was on the submersible. So I thought maybe this episode should be a bit of an update on some of the new details that have emerged about exactly what they knew and didn't know as they headed towards uh, the Titanic. Well, as far as I know, Charles, um, we haven't been cancelled after the one last week while mm. they were basically, uh, their location was unknown when it was going on and mm. made the point that the whole venture was deeply stupid. <laughs> I, I think an analysis which was justified yes, um, in hindsight. Right. Yes. So let's see if we can uh, avoid lightning striking again <laughs> in a moment. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So, Charles, the submersible, uh, the, the tragic and yet not entirely unforeseeable mm. deaths that yes. followed um, from this extremely unstable, it seems, carbon fibre vessel. Yes. Well, this is what I want to talk to you about, yeah. which is the nature of carbon fibre. Oh, yeah. I've used a carbon fibre, I think, for tennis rackets mm. and other things like that. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, one of the interesting yarns that uh, Daniel Feldman actually uh, did a couple of days ago on, on Twitter was pointing out where carbon fibre in submarines come from, it comes from, like the original idea for using carbon fibre in submarines. Mm. So as you know, as we talked about on the last thing, one of the difficult things about building a submarine is that for every, what was it, 10 metres you go down, you double the pressure that's it may on the It might have hull. been every one. It's or was it one metre? It's certainly, it, it, yeah. it, it increases at a, at a incredibly a sort horrible of logarithmic, rate. A logarithmic rate. So mm. you're talking about absolutely massive pressure on a hull. And, and part of the problem is that you have this sort of 
collapsible thing. Like when when it does finally break, it sort of collapses in on itself. And you don't. And, and one of the things that has always been pointed out about carbon fibre is that it is a brittle material. So it's always been seen that metal is a much better material to make a submersible out of because instead of just like cracking mm. and therefore imploding, you know, catastrophically, uh, metal at least gives you a bit of a warning system, which is that it sort of crumples... Yeah, that's which, why they don't make cars out of carb- carbon fibre because they would mm, shatter yes. rather than crumpling. And, in fact, modern cars are designed to mm. actually impact and, you know, fold in a bit so that you it doesn't get to your body. Mm. Interesting point. Maybe yes. they could have, I don't know, accessed the dozens and dozens of years of, of car development yes. in, in designing this submersible. Well, the thing is there are lots of incredible advantages to carbon fibre, though. Mm. And and the key one is just sheer portability, right? So imagine if you have to do a submersible that has enough metal on it to, you know, like, and we're talking like steel and stuff like that, yeah. to go down 4,000 metres. You're talking about a fucking heavy vehicle, right? Yeah. Like it's a vehicle that you can't even conventionally put on another boat. Like you can't just because it'll sink the boat. Yes, you see, it'll well, sink the it boat. It gives you a start, don't yeah. you? Submersing, yeah. Yeah, to be fair, right. exactly. So you've then got to design hundreds of millions of dollars of other equipment just mm. to cart it around the country. Especially if it's a submersible, which by definition is not one that can just travel on its own. No, like that's you, right. It's important actually, to note that it doesn't have much ability to sort of move around on its own. Yes, that's right. So the guy who came up with the idea uh, to, to make it out of carbon fibre was not, in fact, uh, Stockton Rush. It was, in fact, Stephen Fawcett. Do you remember Steve Fawcett? Oh, yes. The, the yes. sort of adventurer. An- another eccentric millionaire mm. adventurer. Millennium, millennial and Gen sort of Z and Gen Y mm. might not remember him because he, he died about 13 years ago. But when we were growing up, he was a sort of... Richard Branson-esque. Dick Smith. So, sort of guy who would, who would, you know, go, oh, okay, I'm going to fly in a plane entirely around the globe and, oh, I'm going to get in a uh, – didn't he get in a, a hot air balloon? One, got, I did a lot of that sort of stuff. Yeah, all yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff. Anyway, for a while there he was the sort of go-to guy and he was actually – he did everything quite sensibly, right? But he came up with the idea in about 2007, he came up with the idea, why don't we make a submersible out of carbon fibre because it'll be really light and mm. easy, right? So he he started development on this. He spent actually several years uh, – Developing, developing it up, and then unfortunately, completely unrelated, he crashed his plane into the side of a mountain, stumbled out, and and actually walked about half a mile uh, from the wreckage, and then died. Well, so, he, he was in. A, he did set a lot of records for, yes. for flying planes, circumnavigating the globe, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and crashed his plane. Anyway, so. At that point, I think that was about 2012, the guy who picked that up and who who then bought out uh, that project was Richard Branson. Oh, really? And he said, okay, well, this is an interesting idea, carbon fibre submersible. Let's uh, let's see what we can do with it. And then they realised, and it was called, going to be called the Deep Flight Challenger. Oh. And it was a one-person sub with wings. Made of lightweight carbon fibre and his whole idea, because Fawcett just liked breaking records, his whole idea was... Yeah, he set a lot of world records. I'll yeah. do the quickest underwater run or something. Mm. <laughs> but crucially... I'll, I'll do the flimsiest yeah. vessel under the <laughs> <Yeah>. water. <laughs> 
No, but crucially, because Fawcett was not an idiot, right? Like he actually valued safety. His whole design was based on that it would be a disposable sub that you would only ever go once out in a carbon fibre thing because the whole nature of carbon fibre and the whole point of this podcast is to let you know that the way carbon fibre works is it is strongest when it's new. Oh, so reusing the same carbon fibre submersible, which they did. It gets weaker and weaker with every use. I've heard uh, several people say it's like, you know how, say you had something like a um, paper clip or something like yeah. that. You know how like when you bend it, first of all, you can sort of bend it back. Mm. But if you keep bending it quite a bit. Yeah, it gets brittle, it snaps. It sort of just, yeah, eventually snaps, mm. right? So, and it's a bit like that with carbon fibre. So in actual fact, the safest time, like it's ironic, but the safest time to go in, say, the Titanic or something, not the Titanic, in the Titan, like the Stockton Rush submersible, would have been on its first voyage because it's the one that's least likely to have any carbon fibre damage. Well, there, there was a term that was used in the analysis of, of the crash, which was quite chilling, mm. which was delamination. Which sounded like a very bad thing to happen mm. to carbon fibre, basically coming apart. Have you heard what James Cameron had to say about the carbon, the choice oh, no. of carbon what did fibre he say? material? Yeah. He said it was a horrible idea right. to yes. use carbon fibre, that it's yeah. not at all sensible for vessels with external pressure. Mm. And he, he just, just chucked in. He's, he's done a lot of interviews about this. He just sort of threw in here and there that in his uh, – you know, untested submersible that he went in. Mm. A, he didn't take passengers. It was just him and his scientist. Mm. Um, he didn't sell tickets. But also he went three times deeper or something down to the Challenger Deep mm. um, and survived because he didn't use carbon fibre. Yes. So he called it a horror. Yeah, the critical failure of the whole thing was the carbon fibre. So, yes. And he, he was really worried about this because they used such a dumb material. And this mm. is someone who thought the Titanic was a good idea for a movie. So, you know, <laughs> James Cameron's not right but, about everything. But even worse, Avatar. Oh, yeah. I'd imagine. <laughs> doing an avatar and going, what I really need to do yeah. is four sequels but, but all at once. Imagine going, you know, you know, I'm going to do a movie called Avatar, but there's an even dumber idea out there, hmm. carbon fibre on yeah, submersible. I think, I think the next avatar is called The Way of Carbon Fibre. But yeah. no, 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 um, but, can I just but, quote, he's yeah. just backing up what you're saying here. He yeah. said, um, this is with George Stephanopoulos, he said, they fail over time because each dive adds more and more microscopic yes. damage. Yes. Why didn't they ask him? No. James Cameron knows this shit. No, but the thing is... Is Dom, and this is the next point in the rave. Stockton Rush also knew that, right? And I would just counter that. I don't think necessarily it's it's the worst fiber, the worst material to use if you're just going to do it once because it is strong and the point is there are lots of good qualities to it. Like, for example, if you build it out of metal, then you have to also work out how it's going to float back up to the top. Mm. If you build it out of carbon fibre, it is incredibly light. You can literally fly through the water if you're in a in a carbon fibre submersible. But, you, yes, you're right, it, it it has micro tears in the carbon fibre with every time you go down in it, right? So they knew this. And so what Stockton Rush did is he invented a thing called the Acoustic Real-Time Monitoring System. So during descent, the computer sends an acoustic ping to 20 sensors throughout the carbon fibre hull right. to detect weakness. It, you know, every every um, every second or so, right? Amazing. It's a real-time monitoring system, right? And, it, and Stockton Rush actually painted this for the 
for the thing. The I'm idea not was, sure that pattern's going to be worth much to his ears, <laughs> unfortunately. The, the idea was the submarine would stop every hour or two. Sorry, it, 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 they did it every hour. The idea was the submarine would stop every hour or two on its descent. The computer would measure the integrity of the hull. If it seemed like it was failing, the pilot would take it up to safer waters. Every hour? Now, note that none of Russia's engineers wanted to put their name on this invention. So it was Stockton Russia's <laughs> own invention alone, right? So the point is that what happened was if you have a catastrophic failure in carbon fibre, so say, I don't know, what, what's a, another brittle, say glass, mm. right? Does glass, Dom, because glass is brittle, yes. right? When you break glass, does it just slightly break or does it no, completely break? it completely. I, I think the term is catastrophic failure, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was used right. for what happens. So the point is that actually maybe the point is that they knew that it was going to fail. And and some people have suggested that maybe even the, the straw that broke the camel's back could even have been them stopping down going, okay, well, let's sing, send some pings through this <laughs> hole. <laughs> well, it, it might have exactly right. It's sort of just like and got, stress testing. Let's do an underwater stress test. Crack! Oh, God. But apparently James Cameron made his sub so that it could actually shrink. Mm. So they used shrinkable glass and all the things. So it knew, like, because the pressure is so great. Yes. I love that we're just talking about physics and ignoring the comedy simply because this is so fascinating. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's really how you design for that mm. challenge. And his went, again, three times deeper. Mm. It's bizarre. What so Apparently all the bolts mm. had to be able to move around in, yes. in, the, in the Cameron one. To avoid the brittleness. Again, there was a product out there that did this job before mm. that Ocean Gate could have looked at if they weren't so ahead. I would just stop and rush have a like carbon fiber tennis racket or something and just go, oh, great material. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Chaser Report. Less news. Less often. The other small detail, which I haven't verified uh, because I, I didn't want to, the story was too good to, to verify either mm. way, is that if you actually look at some of the photos from earlier missions on that uh, thing, you can see that the computer monitors are actually screwed in to the hull. <laughs> and there was a suggestion of was it actually screwed into the carbon fiber, in which case. Forget about it. Forget yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Forget about it. Uh, the other thing that I'll just, as a sort of coda to this story, is guess what happened to the Richard Branson version of the project that, that he'd bought from Steve Fawcett the years earlier? Guess what happened to it? Well, either it completely crumbled and failed or mm. we turned it into the spacecraft. No. What happened was that in 2014, Richard Branson decided to just write off the whole project because he thought it was stupidly dangerous and he'd done his risk assessment on it and went, there is no way to commercialise this because it's a fucking stupid idea. But, but Charles, Charles Stockton Rush, it was very clear. Mm. I've seen him quoted. Um, safety considerations and testing 
slow down innovation. Yes. You, you, what you'd want to do is just speed it up. If they try and slow you down going, oh, let's let's stress test this thing that's going to go on under unimaginable pressure at the bottom of the ocean, you'd say, fuck off, boffins. I'm mm. doing it anyway. Don't slow me down with your rules. That was the kind of guy he was. He probably should have explained a little bit more clearly to the, mm. the three people he sold sick tickets to, for instance. Mm. By the way, you know the other detail we didn't mention when we talked about this last week that I, I learned mm. is that the, the British guy, the British adventurer, survived Jeff Bezos's Blue Horizon. He, so he went up. He went up. Before he went down. Yes. And so he's clearly used to eccentric, you know, billionaires doing outlandish vessels that were completely safe. Yes. Bezos's Blue Horizon um, was absolutely fine. It worked mm. really well. Yes. Not so much this one. Well, the thing is the Stockton Rush was by no means a billionaire. He was worth $12 million, Dom, and some of the reports that have been coming out in the last week is that essentially his company couldn't quite sell enough tickets. Yeah. And that's why he kept on offering, you know, seats to journalists and things like that. To I suspect. Dr- drum up uh, Yeah, business. I suspect he's not worth as much as he was it, before this happened. But in particular, there is a suggestion that actually he knew that the carbon fibre thing was getting weaker and weaker, but he didn't have enough money to build a second one. And so he kept oh. flogging this one that he knew was past its. Uh, so this is a big problem because date. normally the, the whole model for this child is that the eccentric, is that the eccentric billionaires fund the thing and blow massive amounts of money chasing a stupid idea, as Branson did. Mm. It's not meant to be that you've got some sort of striver who's not doesn't have much money who sells tickets to the billionaires. Mm. They're meant to do the funding. The, the, the narrative is completely wrong. If he can't afford to just do more iterations of it. Yes. And and uh, just to add to that theory, there is actually um, one piece of evidence uh, that uh, Eugenie uh, Lassingane uh, came up with and, and reported on uh, is that Stockton Rush actually bought the carbon fibre hull, like mm. the, the sort of front bit. At Bunnings. From Boeing. <laughs> I wasn't far off, was I? Yeah, I know. I was especially it. the guy going to Bunnings going, oh, have you got any submersible stuff? And yeah. it was it was from Boeing. It was a Spencer-built composite cylindrical hull. Right. Uh, but it was actually – Boeing sold it off because uh, it was derated – in January 2020, because it had, it was um, they hadn't used it enough, and it was past its shelf life. Mm. So essentially, it was too old to use in a Boeing plane, which doesn't have to deal with any pressure at all. They sold it off. Oh right, so it was, then, it was seconds. Yes, yes, it was oh, seconds. Goodness. Um, so I'm just reading this here. Seconds world. Seconds world. Yeah. <laughs> um, the deep sea Challenger was made out of high strength steel and titanium, but it also had a crew compartment inside it. So they had a shell. But then inside it a second, oh. so that if you if the hull was breached, there'd be another thing to protect you. Whereas the the the, the Titan no. had some titanium, no separate crew compartment, mm. and just went yeah, heart carbon fiber, that's fine. So again, the Jeep, the deep sea Challenger already mm. existed. This had already been solved. Yes. I also wonder whether when you paid two hundred fifty grand for the for, for your ticket and you got into the submersible. And you saw the Logitech gaming controller. Was that yeah. was that a little bit of a clue? <laughs> this was a bit of a Dodgy Brothers operation. Well, there's a fine line between Dodgy Brothers and Innovator, as as shown by Elon Musk. Um, yes, and you know who are we to say? Who are we to judge, Dom? Who are we to judge? Us armchair critics. Oh, I, I never went here, in a submersible safely at one atmosphere. Yeah. I've well, never, what have I've we done dived. with our, What have we done with our lives, Dom? You know what it is, Charles. 
We've it's, lived. <laughs> it's the it's the desire to adventure. To push out the, yeah, that's the, the realm of human experience that's and the, do things that no one's ever done before. That's what I don't understand about yeah, this whole thing. Fuck what, that. Why would you do that? Like, <laughs> I, I have no desire to go to the highest mountain. I've got no I desire to do the fastest circumnavigation. sounds like a bore. It just sounds incredibly tedious. Yeah. I mean, going to the bottom of the ocean, yeah. would you want to see the wreckage of the Titanic? I just maybe, have no interest in that. Maybe that's why they had to have the Logitech controller to get oh, people on this thing. Oh, we can do some gaming. That's great. <laughs> no, it would all sincerity. I, if someone offered me a free ticket in a completely safe vessel mm. to go and gawk at the, the wreck of the Titanic on which mm. a huge number of people died yeah. and it has, it's just sitting there with you know, seaweed on it or something, mm. fuck that, why would I bother? <laughs> it's just boring. Yeah. I mean, even the movie's boring. That only yeah. lasted three hours. You know, I've never seen the movie. I, I'm so uninterested in the Titanic that I never, I refuse to watch the James Cameron movie. And I certainly haven't watched any of the stuff about um, his trip, although I'm actually now interested to see yeah. how a less stupid person <laughs> goes about going to the bottom of the ocean. Our gear is from Rode. We are part of the Iconoclast Network. Dom, I think we're becoming proper journalists. I think we're becoming oceanographers. Look, I, I don't want to... I don't want to be too mean. Uh, I realise they pay, they pay the ultimate price for this. And I feel sorry for the 19-year-old kid who apparently, you know, not yeah, it was the a young guy, he, he didn't was, want to go. He was reticent. Yeah. He was re- he's just like, well, Dad really wants me to go. Okay, fine. He's paying, yeah. paying all this money. Never I just, just mor- Moral of the tale, never try and impress your dad. As a father, mm. just no, don't. No. We, we don't want you to. Yeah. I'm very Th- that lucky. That will most have, impress me if, if you yeah. don't. Um, I'm very fortunate not to have 250 grand to blow on a ticket to an experimental submersible that will kill both of us. Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.